and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. This week I have a story for you that has kind of a funny reason for existing. A couple of months ago, I tweeted this. Got a Roomba as an early birthday present, and it immediately let me know it sees in the dark, then unplugged my router. So, it has already threatened me and cut off communications. The robot war has started. Please send help. Well, you all know Richard Kenway, who I featured on the show many times, and also go by his book, The Spirits of Vinehouse. It's fantastic. Well, Richard replied, Did it ask if your name is Sarah Connor? Then I asked my Twitter followers if anyone would be interested in a killer Roomba episode. And Richard replied, I'll write one for you. And he did. So this week's story came to be because my Roomba is out to get me. And Richard is a terrific writer. So without further ado, here is, featuring the vocal talents of my very own Roomba, Dusty Destroyer, Dust to dust. The old man leaned back in his big leather armchair. He reached a frail hand for the mask that was connected to a large oxygen tank beside him. As he placed the mask over his face and breathed in deeply, he knew that he was drawing his last breaths. A man in his situation knew these things. On his lap sat a large photo album. He wiped the dust off the cover with his palm and stroked the cover delicately with his finger. If he was going to go peacefully into the night, then he wanted one last moment of joy and pleasure. He flipped over the cover and looked down at the photo. His eyes widened and the corners of his mouth lifted into a smile. With every turn of the album, he was reminded of a time of his life where he had true fulfillment. Yet, there was a hint of sadness behind his eyes. This would be his last trip down memory lane. The last time he would get to relive those happy moments. After closing the last page, he allowed his weak arms a moment to relax. He tapped the back of the album and brought it up to his mouth, where he placed a gentle and tender kiss upon its cover. Using all the strength he could muster, he pushed himself up from his chair and let his oxygen mask fall from his face. He stumbled forward across his living room to the far end of the room with the album clutched tightly under his arm. In the kitchen, he lowered himself down and placed the album back in its resting place and put the bottom of the unit back into its place. Locked away safe and sound in its own personal mausoleum under the canned food. Not the ideal resting place for such art. He would very much prefer to take it with him into the fire, but that option was not his, and he knew it. 
straightening up from the floor. His chest tightened, and the air he gasped would not satisfy his lungs. It was time. He turned and stepped back into the living room. He looked at the oxygen tank by his armchair, knowing that if he reached it, he would buy himself some extra time. Time his lungs and chest so desperately craved. He stepped forward twice before his legs gave out beneath him, and he hit the ground hard. What little air was left in his lungs left him for the last time. Kieran unlocked the door and pushed it open. Before Amelia had a chance to look in, he had scooped her up into his arms and carried her into the house. Welcome to your new home, my sweet. What do you think? She looked lovingly into his eyes. You want to know what I think? I think this place looks like an old man lived here. His name was Joe, Kieran replied. <laughs> Amelia laughed. It was one of the things she loved the most about him. He never failed to make her smile and laugh, even when she wasn't in the mood to. He set her down, and they looked around the dusty old room. I know it's not ideal, but... It's ours, and I think this place has a lot of potential. My parents did say that we could do whatever we wanted with the place, and it's not like we don't have the time. Amelia looked at her husband and smiled as he looked around the room and visually planned the changes he would be making. Speaking of... Kieran picked up the urn that was sat on the living room table. What are we going to do with dear old Grandpa Joe? Your dad said he liked to grow things in his garden. Couldn't we scatter him out there? Amelia suggested. We could. I doubt anyone would want to eat my homegrown vegetables if they knew Grandpa Joe was the fertilizer. <laughs> Amelia laughed again and nodded. <laughs> you are... Very right, she said. Kieran placed the urn back on the coffee table. He could stay there for now. He wasn't hurting anyone, and besides, he was the reason they had this fantastic opportunity of owning their own home. Grandpa Joe left the house to Kieran's father and his will. Since Kieran's parents were living a comfortable life of their own in South Devon, their options were either sell it or do something with it. They allowed their son to take over the ownership of the house, and he paid them a very affordable monthly rent that would have made most aspiring homeowners scowl with envy. As much of a steal the house may have been in rent, it was crystal clear the upkeep and renovations needed were going to cost more than their precious time carpet needed replacing, most likely in every room of the house. The wallpaper not only looked dated, but its color was faded due to Joe's many years of smoking. It was probably what contributed to his passing, or so Karen believed. A short blast from a truck's horn signified the arrival of the removal van, 
and all the worldly possessions that they had brought with them. Amelia was living in a one-bedroom flat when she met Kieran, and he was staying in his parents' spare bedroom, so the two didn't own much between them. They spent the first day in their new home opening up boxes and finding new homes for their belongings. The kitchen only had one drawer, which contained Joe's cutlery. Amelia bagged it and placed it by the front door to take it to the charity store. Most of Joe's old things were eventually bagged for donation. They weren't needed anymore. They even had new appliances for the kitchen, which presented them with another concern. The wiring was quite dated and, by the looks of things, hadn't been touched or looked at in a decade or so. Having said that, the fridge, freezer, and oven looked like it had been replaced in the last few years, and they weren't giving the electrics any trouble. Kieran had a look at the fuse box, but couldn't see any issues. Not that he knew what to look for if there was a problem. That evening, Amelia poured herself a large glass of wine and looked around the kitchen with a sense of pride. With everything put away and their things on the kitchen side, she was starting to see this house as a home. She walked into the living room with a can of beer for Kieran. He was unpacking a box. What's that? She asked. It's a Roomba. Dad got it for us. We can set it up when we go to sleep and leave it to Hoover the lounge and kitchen. She handed him the can of beer and sat down on the sofa beside him. A thinking machine. (laughs) I'm sure nothing bad can come of it, she said sarcastically. Kieran laughed. Terminator, and you aren't Sarah Connor. Besides, it isn't a thinking machine. It's a Hoover. It just does what it does, and then we empty it and turn it off. Amelia frowned. Kieran and his family were very tech-oriented. Amelia, not so much. She caved and permitted Kieran to get an Alexa, but in her mind... What was wrong with doing things the old-fashioned way? Still, though, if a machine was going to hoover the house for her, then who was she to say no? They put it on charge whilst they had dinner and chilled out in front of the telly. Kieran suggested they call it J. Edgar, as in J. Edgar Hoover. Just before they went to bed, Kieran made sure all the doors were locked and... Everything that needed to be switched off was switched off. Then he switched on J. Edgar and watched him move across the room. The next morning, Kieran woke up to something tickling his face. He wiped his face with his hand and started to fall back to sleep. The tickling came back, and he quickly wiped his face again. When it happened a third time, he shot up and examined his pillow. At first, he thought it was a spider trying to climb into his nose. (laughs) A playful giggle from Amelia made him roll over. She had been tickling the end of his nose with her hair. Witch! He said as he grabbed hold of her. He pulled her onto him and held her tight, whilst looking into her eyes. How did you sleep last night? He asked. 
Like the dead. I was asleep the moment my head hit the pillow. Ugh, I need coffee. Can I get you a cup? Please. Amelia climbed off the bed and left the bedroom. Kieran stretched out his limbs, then rubbed his tired eyes. It didn't matter how many hours he got in the night. When he woke up, he always felt tired and groggy. Once he was up and about, though, there was no stopping him until he crashed again. Good thing, too. There was a lot to do. Kieran? Amelia called him from downstairs. He got up quickly, threw on his clothes before going to see what she wanted. J. Edgar made a mess in the night, she told him. Kieran assessed the scene in the living room like a detective studying a crime scene as he pictured what had happened. J. Edgar had knocked into one of the legs supporting the coffee table in the night, causing it to fall off. The weight of the things they had piled up on the table before bed must have put a strain on the other leg, because that too had collapsed. Either that or J. Edgar took out that one as well. The table had fallen to the ground, and what was left of Grandpa Joe was scattered on the carpet when J. Edgar scooped up some of it, but rubbed the rest into the fabric of the carpet. J. Edgar sat in the middle of the living room floor like a mischievous child caught in the act. Kieran picked it up and examined it. It must have run out of battery charge in the night. We didn't exactly charge it for very long. I'll hoover up Grandpa Joe with the other vacuum. So much for giving him a garden-style send-off. It wasn't supposed to be funny, but Amelia couldn't help but chuckle. She tried to be serious for a moment. Listen, hun. I know you love your gadgets, but for now, can we just stick to using the ordinary hoover? Kieran smiled and nodded. He placed J. Edgar in the corner of the room, and they went into the kitchen to make coffee and breakfast. Whilst they ate, they came up with a plan of action for the day. Kieran was going to tackle the kitchen, and Amelia was going to start stripping the wallpaper from the walls in the living room. With the dishes washed and the cutlery put away, Amelia entered the living room to make a start. She froze in the doorway and looked down at the ground. J. Edgar was sitting in the middle of the floor with its front pointing towards the kitchen. I thought you put that thing in the corner. Kieran looked over his shoulder. I did. Must have had a bit of juice left after all. He walked into the room and picked it up. He examined it again and shrugged his shoulders. He put it back into the corner and looked at Amelia. It's not moving now he said. He placed it back into the corner and walked back into the kitchen. Amelia stared at the device for a moment. She half expected it to start moving, but when it didn't, she too shrugged it off and started to get to work. The first thing she did was hoover up the rest of Grandpa Joe's ashes. She put what she could back into the urn, but thought it disrespectful to add a bunch of dust and hair to it as well. Then it was time to tackle the wallpaper. She placed a large sheet on the ground and got a bowl of hot, soapy water. She set up a small stepladder and 
armed herself with a sponge and got to work at pulling the wallpaper from the wall. It was old paper, but it was still a struggle to get away from the wall. They talked about painting over it, but Kieran said he didn't want to. He had seen homes when someone had simply painted over old wallpaper, and walls didn't look that great afterwards. If a job's worth doing, it's worth doing right, he told Amelia. She peeled a large piece of wallpaper from the wall and threw it to the floor beneath her. It was rather satisfying removing wallpaper from a wall. She started to peel off another strip, but it tore as she pulled it. A bit of warm water would soften it up. Then she could scrape it off. As she stepped down off the ladder, her foot landed on something solid and round. Her foot flew one way, and she went the other. She fell to the ground, clipping her side on the coffee table as she fell. Hearing the commotion from the kitchen, Kieran rushed into the room. He hurried over to see if she was okay. She was rubbing her side and appeared to be in a lot of pain. She lifted her shirt to reveal where a large bruise was already starting to form. What happened? He asked. Amelia looked up at what caused her to fall. One of the round table legs had come away from the table and had somehow made its way over to the stepladder. Just as she was trying to work out the dynamics, her gaze drifted to the side of the stepladder. There sat J. Edgar, with its front facing her. She pulled herself up off the ground. Her side was throbbing with pain. She scooped up J. Edgar and threw it into one of the large cardboard boxes they still had to unpack at the back of the living room. That thing tried to fucking kill me, she said angrily. It didn't do it on purpose. Amelia looked at him angrily as he tried to defend his precious machine. She knew it didn't do it deliberately. She wasn't an idiot. She was hurt and pissed off. She clutched her side and sat on the sofa. She didn't want to snap at Kieran. She took a deep breath and massaged her side. (sighs) I'm okay. I'm just going to sit here for a while. I'm fine. Honest. Can I get you anything? Kieran asked. Amelia shook her head. No, I'm okay. Thank you. She replied. She sat down on the sofa and placed a hand on her injured side. Kieran was glad she wasn't too badly injured, but knew she was also pissed off and needed some space. He left her alone and got back to his own work in the kitchen. That evening, Amelia ran herself a hot bath and examined herself in the mirror before stepping into the water. There was a very large purple bruise appearing where she had fallen, and the area was still very tender. She had apologized to Kieran for snapping at him. He smiled at her and told her it was all right. He even made sure that J. Edgar was not only packed away, he was sealed away inside a box so he couldn't cause any more damage. There were two bath mats in the bathroom, one in front of the sink and the other beside the bath. This was because the bathroom floor got slippery when it was wet and could prove to be quite dangerous. She lowered herself into the hot water and leaned back with the back of her head, 
gently resting on the porcelain. She closed her eyes and relaxed. Her mind emptied and then began to wander from pleasant thought to pleasant thought. Many of them involved how she wanted her new home to look once they were done with the renovations. She opened her eyes and looked towards the door. Since it was only her and Kieran in the house, she saw no reason to close the door. There was something about the outside hallway that made her feel uneasy. Almost like there was a presence out there. Kieran? She called Kieran's name, but he didn't answer. She did her best to brush it off and closed her eyes again. She tried to allow her mind to empty, but she couldn't help but feel a pair of eyes watching her from the bathroom door. The more she tried to ignore it and focus on something else, the more intense the feeling got. Unable to withstand the urge a moment longer, Amelia opened her eyes. Standing over her was an elderly man with milky white glassed over eyes. His skin was a light gray and he was looking down at her with a look of pure rage. Her first instinct was to cover her body, which was a mistake. He grabbed hold of her and forced her head under the water. Water shot up her nose and down her throat. This caused her to cough, which allowed her no time to fill her lungs with enough air to make submersion possible. She struggled against the man's grip, but he was surprisingly strong for his age. She tried to push herself up using her feet, but she couldn't get a good enough grip. Her head broke the surface of the water and she could breathe again. And the man was gone. She began to cough and splutter at the water that made its way down her throat. Her eyes widened when she looked towards the bathroom door. And there, sat facing her, was Jay Edgar. These were just two of many incidents that happened around the house over the upcoming months. Items would appear in just the right place to cause Amelia to fall or stumble, and every time it happened, Jay Edgar was there to witness the event. There was a change in Kieran lately as well. He started to become very lethargic and tired, even though he appeared to be getting plenty of rest. Amelia noticed that he had become out of breath after walking up the stairs one evening. Sometimes in the night, he would become restless and start to murmur in his sleep as though he were having a bad dream. When Amelia gently woke him, he would snap at her for waking him. It wasn't long after that the sleepwalking started. Kieran would get out of bed and walk downstairs to the living room where he would sit himself down in the armchair and stay there until morning. J. Edgar was making more appearances around the house as well. It often appeared to Amelia that the thing was following her around the house. On some occasions, it would somehow make its way up the stairs. When it did, more activity followed. When she made Kieran aware of what was happening, he simply 
shrugged it off and told her it was all inside her head. Even the incident in the bathroom was chalked down to her falling asleep in the tub and having a bad dream. Amelia didn't think things could get any worse. But they did. One night, after a bad nightmare, Kieran sat up in bed and stared at the bedroom wall. Not staring at the wall, but staring through it. He got up and walked slowly to the bedroom door. Amelia followed close behind to make sure he didn't hurt himself. Kieran walked down the stairs and through the living room. He stopped momentarily by the armchair and placed his hand on it. He then continued to walk into the kitchen and stopped in front of one of the units. He knelt beside it and pulled away the bottom panel. He reached underneath and dragged something out. It looked like a large book. He took it over to the armchair and sat down. His eyes didn't blink at all. With the item placed on the center of his lap, Amelia could now get a good look at it. It was a photo album. It looked old and a bit dusty, but otherwise still in good condition. Kieran opened up the album and looked down at the contents. An unsettling smile crept onto his face. Amelia took a few steps forward so she could look over his shoulder. When she saw the contents of the photo album, a gasp (gasps) escaped her mouth, and she had to raise a hand to stop any more sounds from coming out. The first photo showed a petite young woman with long brown hair, standing beside a tree. She was wearing a summer dress and was smiling at the camera. Amelia recognized the tree. It was the one in the back garden. The next picture was far more menacing. It showed the same woman, but she had her hands and legs bound She appeared to be lying in some sort of tub that didn't look all that different from the bath upstairs. She had thick tape across her mouth, and she was looking at the camera with tear marks on her cheeks and a terrifying, pleading look in her eyes. The third and final photo on the page showed the same woman, but there was a large gash across her neck. The tub was filled with blood, and she appeared to have several deep stab wounds on her body. Kieran's head dropped, and he began to snore slightly. Amelia gently lifted the photo album from Kieran's lap and took it back into the kitchen. She placed it on the kitchen unit and turned on the small light underneath the kitchen cupboard. She turned the pages and stared in horror as more photos of more women were revealed. They too were tied and gagged before having their throats cut. She closed the book before she got to the end. She couldn't see anymore and as far as she knew, there could have been quite a few in there. She felt sick and there was an intense feeling in her stomach building. 
She hurried to the sink and got there just in time to bring up that evening's dinner. She turned the tap on and washed away the bile, but she had to scoop out the more solid chunks with some kitchen towel. She rinsed her mouth out with cold water and rubbed her watery eyes dry. There were so many thoughts going through her mind. The family didn't know dear old Grandpa Joe as well as they thought they did. Or did they? Also, how did Kieran know it was there? Amelia looked around at Kieran. He had changed positions in the chair and now had his head leaned back against the seat. His face was shrouded in darkness as if he were surrounded by shadows. She could hear his heavy breathing as he slept on. She slowly stepped into the living room and stared at the black mass that surrounded him. She called out to him, but his deep, heavy breathing continued. She raised her voice a little and tried again. Kieran grunted and shifted in his seat. He leaned forward and grunted again as he cleared his throat. Kieran, what is this? She asked, pointing behind her towards the album. Did you know about this? Kieran leaned forward in the chair. His face appeared in the small sliver of light that shone in from the outside. The face that peered up at Amelia didn't belong to Kieran. It was gray and had very little hair, but his eyes were pure black. Amelia wanted to move or look away, but she was frozen with fear. The creature mimicking Kieran emitted a low growl like a wild animal. With a burst of unnatural speed and strength, it leaped from the chair and flew at Amelia. She turned to run, but the creature grabbed hold of her hair with its claw-like hands and pulled her to the ground. The creature flipped over her and landed on her front. It gripped hold of her throat and began to squeeze. Amelia fought back as hard as she could, but the few punches she managed to land had no effect at all. She heard a high-pitched whirring sound to her side and glanced over to see that J. Edgar had also joined the fight. It ran over her hair, pulling it tight into its insides. It, too, seemed to be trying to help pin her down. Amelia reached over her head and grabbed hold of J. Edgar. Gripping it tightly with both hands, she yanked it up and into the face of the creature. Pain erupted from the part of her head where she ripped out a chunk of her hair, but she did her best to ignore it. In her hands, J. Edgar's motors went out of control as it fought to get free. The creature recovered and looked at Amelia. There was something about its face that looked distorted, like there was a dent where she landed the blow. She looked down at J. Edgar and saw a similar dent in the plastic cover. A realization popped into her mind, and the dots connected. She swung J. Edgar into the corner of the kitchen unit. The plastic casing blew to pieces in her hand. The moment it did so, the creature cried out in pain as its face and torso also split open. There was no blood or guts inside this creature. Only darkness. 
And out of that darkness fell a shape. Kieran. Amelia grabbed hold of him and started to drag him to the living room door. He gained consciousness and helped her get him to his feet. Amelia looked over her shoulder, but Kieran pulled at her arm. Just keep going, he murmured. He sounded incredibly weak. She helped him out the front door and into the passenger seat of the car. Amelia had the car started and moving before she reached up for her seatbelt. Kieran slouched down in the chair beside her. He was deathly pale and cold. The last Amelia saw of the house was when she glanced up into the mirror and saw a tall, shadowy figure standing at the window. Thanks for listening. I had so much fun with this one. It was a fun little, I'm not going to say collaboration. (laughs) Richard did all the work, but it was super fun to see a random funny tweet of mine come to life in a way. And I think what he did with that concept was amazing. I mean, (laughs) a Roomba vacuuming up someone's ashes and then becoming haunted by them. That's, ah, love it. Love it. Wish I could see the movie. Um, I hope you enjoyed this week's story. Thank you again, Richard, for turning my tweet into uh, reality. Uh, that was cool. Um, for uh, those of you who... Oh, follow the show on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Patreon is back up. I haven't uploaded anything new yet, but there. if you're new to the show, there is a huge back catalog of um, bonus episodes that are there available for you. Yes, I will be finishing Frankenstein. Don't you worry about that. I will be finishing Frankenstein and I have some other things in in the works. Again, like I've mentioned before, YouTube is going to become a part of the scary to sleep uh, sphere of things. So that's going to be fun. Um, I'm finding myself really at home over at Acast, my new home, the new home for the show. And so I, things are working out. I am starting just today. I integrated YouTube into, I've, before I went, um, I went away from YouTube for this last year for reasons. Um, I was starting to upload all of the episodes onto YouTube just to give you an extra way to listen. Um, I just want the show to be very accessible for everyone. And so they're going to be automatically uploaded from now on. Um, so there's going to be a big chunk missing, but I'll get to those eventually. Those just take me some time, but now it's going to be automated. It's going to be great. And there's going to be, I'm going to start, you know, doing videos and things. Um, so yeah, I'm again, just having a great time finding my way at home here at Acast. There's some, the reason not everything has popped off yet is just because I'm, you know, finding my way around learning, learning the ropes of a whole new company, a whole, whole new layout and all that good stuff. Um, those of you who do podcasting as well probably understand what I'm talking about when it comes to learning an entire new layout for all your stuff. Anyway, um, I've been baking my buns off. That was a baking pun. Um, (laughs) because the weather has gotten a lot better here. It's gotten cooler. So I feel better having my oven on the last week. I did, um, a lemon olive oil cake with strawberry cream cheese frosting 
Um, I did like an American buttercream, cream cheese, buttercream, um, with strawberries. It's fantastic. If you haven't tried olive oil in your cakes, it's really good, especially it's not for everyone. I'm going to say that, but, um, olive oil cake to me is just, it's so good. It, it cuts through the sweetness a lot. There are a lot of recipes for like lemon, um, or orange olive oil cake. It seems to work very well with citrus. Um, I've tried it in brownies though, and it was, that was pretty good too. Um, but you can always like, honestly get like a box cake mix of like lemon cake and use olive oil instead of vegetable or canola oil. Like it says on the box and you get the idea. It's, it's very good. Um, again, like I said, it like cuts through the sweetness and it makes it like, it just gives it a great depth of flavor. So I did that. I did some, um, chocolate chip cookie bars. Basically I, I make my chocolate chip cookie recipe and I press them into, a like an eight by eight pan <laughs> and make them into bars. There's nothing different, uh, for the recipe. And I just love the texture because it, it just, it, it basically makes the entire, like there aren't as many like crisp parts. I love soft cookies. So it's like more softness <laughs> than, than crispness, you know? Um, and today I'm going to be making a uh, cranberry orange. I haven't decided if I'm, if I'm going to make muffins or like a cranberry orange loaf because I might be too lazy to make muffins. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, so those, that's baking corner for those of you who are wondering. Um, and oh, and those of you who are new to the show, by the way, uh, baking corner came around. I just started calling it. We've never called it baking corner before. That was just something I just made up. Um, yeah, I just started sharing my baking with people. And when I stopped, people were like, Hey, why haven't you told us what you've been baking lately? And I was like, Hey, oh, I, I will. It's, it's fun to share. And also if you want to know more or see any of my baking creations, which they're not pretty, I'm not a pretty baker. I'm just a taste baker. Um, you can go join the Facebook group for scary to sleep. And from there, there is a link to the Facebook group called scare you to eat. And it's where those of us, uh, in the scare you to sleep sphere, um, share all of our cooking and baking and it's fun. There's memes, there's polls, there's, you know, fun arguments about like, I just started one the other day between like cake or pie. It's fun. So if you like baking and cooking, it's not just baking, uh, baking and cooking and you like the show and you want to meet some cool folks, go over there. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I have already kept you too long. All right. Um, I promised myself I would stop rambling this long and I haven't. <laughs> okay. I love you. Go drink water, go drink water. I know it's getting cooler outside, but you still need water. It's, it's easy to forget in the winter times cause you're not sweating, but you still need water. Go drink water, go get some sleep and sweet dreams.